1: Get the house you want with the payment you want at buywithconrad.com. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this at buywithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender, the first step to buying a house is buywithconrad.com.
2: What's going on, everyone? It's a very special Megasode edition of To Be The Man. I'm John Alba. I'm filling in for my buddy, the big man, the boss, Conrad Thompson. He just celebrated his birthday this past week. A happy belated to you, good sir. He's feeling a little under the weather, though, so I'm tagging in here to help bring us this very special edition of To Be The Man. As I said before, a Megasode here. Now, I would be remiss before we get into any of the action on this week's episode if I didn't talk about the event that all of you are very familiar with. That, of course, Ric Flair's last match coming up quickly already, July 31st, almost upon us in Nashville, Tennessee. Tickets went so quickly we had to move to a bigger venue here. That, of course, being the Nashville Municipal Auditorium, a famous wrestling venue in its own right, and it's going to get another very famous event here as Ric Flair wrestles the final match of his historic career. And if you want to be a part of it, you might have missed out on the first wave of ticket releases, but don't worry because we moved. There are still tickets available. RicFlair'sLastMatch.com. That is where you can find out all the information about the remaining tickets. Again, this is a venue that holds around maybe 9,000 people. It's going to fill up. You want to get your tickets now. That is RicFlair'sLastMatch.com. And if you want some more information, on that weekend. Of course, that's going to be capping StarCast. You can go to StarCast.com for more ticket information on all the great panels and meet and greets that are going to be going down in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm going to be there. It's going to be a total blast. I hope to see you there as well. Now, as I said, we're doing a Megasode this week here on To Be The Man, and I saw this past week on social media that there were a lot of people speculating as to who Ric Flair may be facing in his final match. And I think when word came out that he was going to wrestle again, there was one guy that a lot of people thought could be the opponent, the immortal one, Hulk Hogan. It makes sense, too. Nashville, the Municipal Auditorium, there's been so many legendary Ric Flair matches there, and even a surprise one, March 8, 1992. Hogan and Flair actually faced off in a WWF house show. Now, it doesn't appear that that's going to be the match, but that doesn't mean that there weren't any rumors going around the rumor mill. In fact, not all that long ago, Ric Flair took some time to address the prospect of facing Hulk Hogan one more time. But here we are
1: talking about what's causing all this. Rick. another week has gone by and you have captivated the internet. There's so much speculation. unbelievably. I saw yesterday that people think you're going to be wrestling Hulk Hogan. <laughs> I, I, didn't know that, I
3: didn't know that you signed him up yet.
1: <laughs> I mean, I know we're saying it's a who's who, and there's going to be big surprises, but goodness gracious, I don't think it's going to be even Hulk Hogan. Is it? Did I miss that?
3: I, 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 not that I know of. I think I, you would, I think you would have run that by me.
1: <laughs> I would think so, but uh, man, he,
3: he's invited. I've talked to him personally, but. To come to the roast and come watch the match. But, um, you know, he hasn't confirmed for sure, but I'm pretty sure he'll be there. Well, he don't want nothing to do with me.
1: (laughs) Everybody. Without
3: without Eric Bishop booking it, he don't want nothing to do with me.
1: Oh, I love it. (laughs) It's going to be a who's who star cast at the end of July. We'll get things kicked off on the 29th with the roast of Ric Flair. We're doing an unbelievable horseman reunion on Saturday, the 30th. And then, of course, I can't believe this is a real thing. Rick Flair is going to walk that aisle one last time on Sunday, July 31st, under the banner of Jim Crockett promotions. Bracelets are on sale to attend all the panels and the roast right now at starcast.com. One gold bracelet gets you access to all of those events. Plus, you get access to meet all your favorite superstars for the meet and greets and what have you. But man, the big talk, Rick Flair's Last Match.com. Tickets go on sale this Friday. Rick, they're predicting a, a pretty fast sellout for us. Are you excited about Friday's on sale? I'm very excited.
3: Um uh, especially um because no one knows exactly uh who's gonna be competing in it. Um I think you and I've got a pretty good idea, but um yeah, I'm very excited. I, just to be part of it, it makes me excited. It's pushed me, uh you know, I'm kind of one of those guys that I have to have a goal to really push myself hard and uh not knowing exactly who the opponents are going to be, but having a rough idea.
1: Without further ado, let's bring him in from Jim Crockett promotions. Very own, maybe arguably the greatest tag team wrestler of all time. Ladies and gentlemen, one half of the rock and roll express your friend and mine, hall of famer, Mr. Ricky Morton, Ricky, welcome to the show, man. Guys. Thank you very much for having me on here. Ricky. Yes.
4: Hey, hi, buddy. How you doing? Hey, you know, before we get this started, guys, it's something I want to say. I was fortunate in this business to work for Jim Crockett Promotion, and I was fortunate enough to get my PhD from the World Heavyweight Champion Ric Flair. I got to say, had hey, a harding in wrestling. Uh, in, in, hey, in both, and I could talk about that, but I won't. But no, I wanted before we get to our fun out and laugh uh, tell up,
3: stories and have I, it having a good time. I, 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 everything goes with me, man. I won't tell anybody about you, I, but you, can t- you can tell about me. me. It just me too. It just no, adds, you can say it
4: adds to the legend. Hey, I'm not ashamed <laughs> of nothing, I done bro. <laughs> okay. But I just want to say I can't <laughs> say that. Okay. But Just to get to you uh, and finish what I was saying, uh, you're the greatest world champion there is or ever will be. The greatest worker. uh, Nobody can imagine the things that I watched being in the ring with you, what you've done and how to tell the story and how to change this direction. Then go back to another direction that when you try to teach us, the guys these days have no damn clue what you're talking about. Don't understand our business, but I, Rick, you're the best. And let me get that out of the way. And then we well, can that's start right, that. I that, think hey, we can browbeat. Right that, that's get. a wrap Conrad. Yeah. That's a wrap. <laughs> hey, <laughs> then we can start browbeating the shit out of each other. All right. <laughs>
3: Good. Your so, uh, name, Steve, what the hell? <laughs>
4: <laughs> wow, well, you know, after watching this,
3: I feel like I, feel Conrad, like I'm some, I may do some daytime drinking today. Uh,
4: well, you know what? After watching this right here, I damn sure I will be in Nashville. I promise you that. Uh, you got to, Rick. I got to come see you. Hey, bring
3: like, your gear too. <laughs> we'll do a, <laughs> we'll do a clinic in the afternoon. <laughs> oh, oh, <so>, yeah, <laughs> seminar. You <laughs> yes. want to be a wrestler, come to Nashville. Yeah, ch- <laughs> Ricky Morton, Rick Flair. Hey, I want to thank
4: you, man. That was very cool of you. Thank you. I, I was doing a seminar uh, not long ago, and, and I was I always talk about Rick in the seminars, and, and everybody's looking at me, and I could tell you something.
3: You me? you thought it was yeah. the bar.
4: Yes, I FaceTimed him. And and all the boys got to he said hi to all the guys. It's a seminar. Thank you for doing that. Absolutely. No, oh, no, that was uh that was a class act. And, and the, and the people just by doing that, they got their money's worth. <laughs> I guess I owe you a little <laughs> bit.
1: <laughs> well, well, we hope that you guys have gotten your money's worth today. We greatly appreciate your support of the podcast. Hope you'll follow Mr. Morton on Twitter. And of course, we hope you'll join us at the end of July in Nashville. We're going to kick things off on Friday, the 29th with the roast of Rick Flair. I'll save you a seat, Mr. Morton. You better
3: be part of that, Morton. I think you've got a few things to say to me, right?
1: Oh, I could burn that ass up. <laughs> you, you hear me?
3: <laughs> hey, don't forget, it's, it's an exchange of, di- of dialogue.
5: <laughs> I got a microphone, too. Mr. T, not the Mr. T, but Mr. T tweets, what's the fave match you've ever had with Hulk Hogan? And, and that's a good question, H, because the one I remember most was the retirement match in 1994. That was Halloween Havoc in October of that year.
3: Yeah. Well, that was the most fun because of Sherry, but the—I mean, I just had fun wrestling Hulk whenever I had a chance to. But I—I I think probably our best match was that one in Orlando that kicked off the uh, the company and, and got enough money in the bank to start Nitro, which I didn't know about at that time. To where where Shaq was there and uh, right. Sherry was with me and uh, Jimmy was with him, and then of course the one that Halloween Havoc that you were at. Well, I was going to retire. Um, then, of course, they brought me back a month later. Um, so, uh, But with, because Sherry was so damn entertaining, I mean, she climbed on top of the cage, and Jimmy grabbed her, and her dress came down. And, I mean, just so much chemistry all the way around. And Mr. T looking at me going, you ain't going to hurt me, are you? You ain't going to hurt me, are you? I said, I'm not going to do anything to you, man. What are you talking about? He said, I, 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 don't, I don't know what she should be in that cage, you guys. Yeah, the way you talk to me when I see you.
5: I remember Muhammad Ali was there too, remember?
3: Yeah, of course. Tommy Hearn, the hitman, was there.
5: And I have a picture. Now, listen to this, Nate. I have a photograph of me, you, and Muhammad Ali. Yeah. And I can't find it.
3: Oh, I got it here.
5: It's somewhere, but I can't find it. I would have that on top of my coffin at the funeral. That was amazing.
3: Yeah, and that was fun. It was a great show.
5: And nobody remembers the matches. And I was at a, a couple of them. The one in Pittsburgh, and I forget where the other one I went to was. But you and Hogan on that house show loop when you first got to WWE, mm-hmm. and, and like I said uh, in a previous podcast, you got a very strong babyface reaction—not totally, but it was kind of a split crowd. And I'm not sure the powers that be like that.
3: Probably not, but um, yeah, I'm just I'm just basically talking about the context of the match. I loved he, he was so over, you know. Yep. There's guys, there guys like. When Sean's a babyface and I was the heel, that big Ricky Morton steamboat, me against Jack Briscoe, and Jack me me against uh, or like Terry against me, it took a real powerful heel in character and in work to heel on me. Terry could do it. Yep. And and I was a full fledged, right. There was no in between with me and Terry. That's why I worked. And when there's no in between, it's the best matches and the most entertaining for the crowd.
5: I Emble- really liked you and Ricky Morton. When Ricky had that little oh, yeah. run with you. Yeah. Uh, the Carolinas not, not, loved Ricky. They went nuts.
3: Nine-hour draws in one week. Wow. Yeah. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, twice on Saturday, twice on Sunday.
5: How did you feel by the second-hour draw on Sunday?
3: Oh, I was – I think I had the car full of beer before the match was over.
5: <laughs> well – Beak, Let's go. I've been in that car and I've had that beer, so that doesn't shock <laughs> yeah. me at all. Right
3: well, it, it, that could be very true because you know when when we when I went up there uh, and was working with Hulk, we came down in the South, man, and they weren't they weren't, they weren't Hulk was not he, Hulk was not w- well received in the South. You know we had we had to put um, you know that they 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 accepted us for what we were and, and to them. NWA was wrestling. It wasn't a WWF or WWF at that time. And we had to put uh, soundtracks in to, uh, to bring Hulk to TV. Because they were well, cool.
5: Fu- funny you mentioned that because, you know, we'll talk about this a lot next week. And, and by the way, uh, when this podcast debuts on Wednesday the 19th, that is the 30-year anniversary to the day of you winning the 1992 Royal Rumble. Yeah. And speaking of using a soundtrack... Uh Hulk got booed at the end when he complained about Sid Vicious uh pushing him out of the ring, and you yeah. got a big pop when you won the Royal Rumble, and, and they changed the sound around for that one. They aired it afterward, didn't they?
3: Oh, I don't know that. I, I oh, did, yeah, you do. I know it. <laughs> no, I didn't I, I, I did I did not know that. No.
5: Yeah, they 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 sweetened the sound to make it seem like Hulk, you know, was getting cheered, but uh, but it was funny. I remember when when Hulk got pushed out by Sid, and Sid said, "It's every man for himself, big boy." That made sense to me. And then yeah. when Hulk grabbed Sid and helped you dump him, that was a heel move by Hulk. And a lot of contradictory yeah. stuff there for Hulk's character.
3: Yeah, yeah. Who knows? That that like that's a strange time we in in a relationship that I don't. I really am not privileged to know. A lot going on with Hulk and Vince at that uh, time. I think that TV show was coming his way with Thunder in Paradise. Right. And, um, so there's a, there's a lot of reasons why wrestling didn't happen, but I think it all started at the Rumble because no, now, I didn't time. expect I, I didn't expect to win the Royal Rumble, but, but I was just happy to be there. Does, does that make sense?
5: Well, yeah, but I think you would have been disappointed had you just been another guy in the Rumble. After That's having turned to I, at I, last,
3: I absolutely would not have been. I swear, I was really? so relieved to be away from WCW. All my friends, everybody in that ring, I was a friend with. Just a whole different vibe to be in a positive, to be in a positive structure, a positive mindset is all I've ever wanted. Peace to be in a in a. And I'm sure there was some manipulating going on back, but I wasn't part of any of it. I was just there. I didn't have to argue about anything. I, I just said, "Do I said Wh- whatever you want me to do, I'll do." And and, and that's basically the, the the way I. That's how I do. That's how I. I am a, I am at my best performing when I'm happy with what's going on, when I'm not worried about. Someone wanted to cut my hair or tell me to wear an earring or where I'm going to be the next day. Does that make sense? So it well, was I think so you would have made po- a great
5: was, gladiator, maybe better uh, than Russell yeah, Crowe.
3: Yeah, yeah. No, it was just, it was just such, it was so good for me here, the year and a half I had there. It was great. So I would not have been disappointed because I didn't expect to win it. Now, if, you, if someone told me I was going to win it, I didn't win it. Then it was, I didn't know until I got to the building.
5: Well, I think we missed out when you when you didn't become the gladiator. Uh, somebody called my my sports show the other day and said the Steelers were going to beat the uh, Kansas City Chiefs because Ben is a gladiator, and I said, "Well, Russell Crowe was a gladiator too, but he wound up dead on the coliseum floor."
3: <laughs>
5: we're just uh, a few days away from the live podcast, Hot Shots in O'Fallon, Illinois, right by St. Louis. The night before the Royal Rumble that's Friday January 28th and uh Jim Heard the guy who wanted you to be the gladiator who wanted yes. you to cut your hair who wanted you to wear an earring isn't he from St. Louis?
3: Yes. He's coming to, to the he, he's coming to the event.
5: No, he's not.
3: He absolutely is. Breaking wow. news.
5: Is that Are we he's supposed gonna, to keep that secret or can we tell he, people? We can tell people.
3: We're going to shake hands. Herd, we, we, the guy who wanted
5: at, you to be the gladiator will yep. be at this live show. Yep. Cause I have yep. a few questions for him. I'm sure he. Yeah, do. He's,
3: he's, come, he's coming to the show to shake hands, and we're all just going to become friends like it never happened. And, and you know what? It's too late. Ill- I, I, I have, <laughs> I've had worse grudges recently. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, which, yeah. Yeah. Me too. So, yeah.
5: You know what I think you should do in honor of Jim Hurd at the. Uh, the live event at O'Fallon. I, I
3: I might have I might have had to uh, uh, trademark the gladiator and then had somebody else borrow that down the line.
5: That's what I mean. <laughs> I think you should dress as a gladiator for the show.
3: <laughs> the earring, too? <laughs> at least
5: get an earring. Yeah, how could it hurt?
3: <laughs> well, you know, the ding are going to be there. What say it again? The ding are going to be there.
5: The ding-dongs, please. Ding-dongs. <laughs> <laughs> what, what about the hunchbacks? Remember the hunchbacks? You want to have the hunchbacks? <laughs>
3: I know about the hunchbacks. We couldn't find anybody. We couldn't
5: because they had hunchbacks.
3: We couldn't find anybody to dig a hole. (laughs) That's how you pin them.
1: This episode is being brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, the simpler way to experience nicotine satisfaction and enjoy lasting change on your terms. Zen Nicotine Pouches are a fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine that's helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering smoke-free and spit-free satisfaction. I don't know about you, but there's been many times in my life where I needed to make a change like trying to be healthier, spending less time at work. I knew I needed to make a change, but I just wasn't ready yet. And a lot of smokers and dippers out there could probably relate. Zen understands there isn't just one quote unquote right time to make a change. Everyone's timeline is a little different. Everyone's on their own journey. So whether you feel like you're ready to take that first step towards change, Zen will be there with you with the right strength, with the right flavor at the right time. If you're thinking about making a change and you want to learn more today, check out Zen Nicotine Pouches at zyn.com. That's zyn.com. That's zyn.com. Warning this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical.
2: Personally, it still absolutely blows my mind that we did not get Hogan and Flair at WrestleMania. If you believe the rumor and innuendo, it was supposed to happen at one point, but ultimately it did not. I think I would have to go for my personal favorite Flair Hogan match with probably Hogan's first day, WCW. You had the big parade. Everything just felt like it was a big moment in its own right. And who knows? Maybe in some fantasy land, the fantasy bookers will have time booking this match one more time. But as far as Nashville's concerned, who's to say? But I know that if you're going to be in Nashville, you got to get your way to Ric Flair's final match. It's RicFlair'sLastMatch.com. That's where you get your tickets. July 31st, 6.05 start time. If you're a Crockett fan, this event is going to be for you. It's going to be an incredible night celebrating and honoring the history of one of the most legendary promotions that's ever run, capped off by the final match of the Nature Boy. Again, that is RicFlair'sLastMatch.com. And you can visit StarCast.com as well for additional Information and Rick and Hulk Hogan have been intertwined for so long, but Conrad's been a big part of that too. I think back a few years to Woo Nation. It was in the early days of that show where Rick and Conrad actually had a chance to chat with Hulk Hogan. Let's take a look back.
4: A man
3: who wears the ten pounds of gold, the Nature Boy Rick Flair. You know I was like to take this opportunity to talk about myself.
4: time heavyweight champion has arrived. I've got the star and profile like never before. The greatest talker in the history of the business is behind the mic once again.
3: You're talking to the robots wearing, Ah! diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, wheel of dealing, in
0: light, jet flying, son of a gun. Woo! This is, is Woo Nation. With Rick Flair. Um
3: the man, Rick Ric Flair! Woo! Woo! Hey, this is the next boy, Rick Flair, 16 times your world champion, the host of Woo Nation, along with my fabulous co host, multi millionaire eccentric oh my from Huntsville, Alabama. I mean, Hulk Hogan Millions. I mean oh. Jim Andrew Millions. The biggest house on the biggest side of town, man.
1: Conrad, Conrad. And
3: today, And today, Conrad, we have the biggest guest we've ever had. The biggest guest we've ever had. We've got the man referred to by the late great Jay Strombo as the Golden Goose. The man that fought the WWF in the prom alongside Vince McMahon, the legendary... Oh, Hogan. Oh, sorry, man. Good, brother. Every time I hear those woos going, I see the dollar signs going with them, man. I hear a woo, and I make money. <laughs> I, here's what kills me. Every time I'm with you, your line is still longer. Damn it all. We were wooing on Saturday. And he's got a, I'm back down there signing stickers, and he's signing a real autographs. I don't know what the hell's going on.
6: <laughs> oh, man, we had a good time, didn't we? That
3: was a lot of fun. That yeah, was great. Yeah, good turnout, good people to work for. So how are you doing, sure. man? You're down in Florida right now, right?
6: Yeah, man, everything's good. Just regrouping, you know, uh, making sure every, everything's pointed straight ahead and got the, the restaurant going and got the beach shop going and uh, got twenty million irons in the fire and just trying to stay out of these darn airports. Seems like I'm living in the yeah, airport. Yeah, I know. You know. It's true, I know. Uh, but you know, I'm somebody, grateful for
3: it, brother. Thank God. Yeah. Thank God. Who'd ever thought we'd be in a position making this kind of money? You know, post wrestling, uh, it's there. I mean, for the guys that are. You know, coming out of the business, uh, they've got some name recognition, and they've got someone smart representing them. You know, Hulk's got Darren, I've got Melinda. Um, you know, it could take someone special to handle this. But, boy, there's a lot of money to be made, and uh, Hulk and I are both living the dream. It's a hell of a deal, especially now Hulk's got a really big deal coming off, like going over in London, uh, not London, Manchester Hulk.
6: It's a it's Sheffield Arena over there on the floor.
3: Sheffield, the Sheffield Arena. Okay, and, and I just came back from there. There's a ton of money to be made in Europe. So, uh, you know, here's the deal: Hulk and Rick Flair. I was the world champion in Atlanta. WTBS and Jim Barnett huh. said to me, "This guy coming over today, Sterling gold, is going to be the biggest star in the business of the day. And I said, "What about me?" <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and Hulk, that's your first time we met, right, Hulk?
6: Yeah, yeah. When I came to Atlanta, I was uh, had been wrestling as, as Terry Boulder for a while. And, yeah. uh, you know, I drugged Brutus while holding me on a bar down in Cocoa Beach when that thing shut down. I, you know, stumbled back up to Pensacola, you know, in the Fuller territory. And next thing I knew, I made a quick stop in Memphis, and then Barnett talked me into coming up there. And, it was just, I had a full head of hair at the time, and, and you know, he, Jim Z, he was, oh, oh, Sterling, my boy, I'm going to make you my champion, you know, and, and Jim yeah, was yeah. just flooding around the place, having a blast, you know, and they had me, they put me, Austin Idol, and Superstar Billy Graham in a six-man tag the, the first week on TBS, and I think we just confused the hell out of everybody because we were all working the same gimmick, of course. Of course, Superstar yeah. had it first, and everybody else was a ripoff, but me and Austin Idol were going to, a version of him so i think he confused the hell out of everybody
1: there's nothing wrong with feeling good either rick uh, you, you've told me that you absolutely love athletic greens we got you hooked on the ag1 you're taking it every single morning with one delicious scoop of ag1 you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins minerals whole food source superfoods probiotics and adaptogens it's going to help you start your day right It's going to help you with all your things, your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your focus, your recovery, your aging. And what I like about it, well, Megan actually had me on this long before they were a sponsor of our show. It contains less than one gram of sugar. There's no GMOs. There's no nasty chemicals. There's no artificial anything. And it still tastes good. But more importantly, it supports better sleep quality and recovery, better mental clarity and alertness. It's also lifestyle friendly, whether you're eating keto or paleo or vegan or dairy or gluten-free. This checks all the boxes, but don't take mine and Rick's word for it. Athletic Greens has more than 7,000 five-star reviews, and right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash flare again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash flare to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance.
6: One thing I want to talk about Rick is a minute ago you were talking about at, at our age in this business to still be able to go out there and generate revenue and stuff. That's one thing. Number, number one, I never thought at 62 years young, I'd still be running around with you having fun being able to make a living, but the thing I didn't understand is I always thought, I said, man, when I'm 40 years old, I'm going to be done with the wrestling business. When I'm 45 years old, I'm going to save my money and be done with the wrestling business, but the weird thing about this business is once it gets in your blood, you, you, I, I never want to be away from it. This is one of the saddest times in my life right now because I'm not with the WWE, and you you love the business. Your daughter is now given the Divas finally this crazy, crazy history, history-type credibility, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just amazing what's happened to a couple guys like us. And the thing was, it's not that we're making money we're still around, the thing is, this business is in our blood. And there's not a whole heck of a lot of these guys like you and I around that we live for this business. We, maybe we're marks, but you know me, Rick, and I know you, and it's in our blood. Well, I'm a mark. I don't mind telling you
1: this. I mean,
3: oh, hell yeah. I I, I, he, doesn't, he doesn't even remember this stuff because he was going 100 miles an hour. But the one thing that, that I, I'm going to go back, i got some many thoughts on my mind, but when Hulk was running wild, man, Hulkamania, in the 80s, right, and I was on the other side, we bumped into each other. And people need to understand that, Max I've said this in several interviews, I, I used to go out as Hulk Milledge for eight, nine, sometimes 12 weeks at a time as an NWA champion. I was going everywhere, Japan, I say it. But let me tell you something, those guys working for Vince were on the road sometimes 70 days in a row, right, Hulk? Oh, it was brutal. Yeah, it was. It was, it was yeah, but I mean, it 70 days, man. It was, those guys were pulling it too. I mean, everybody was running wild and it was just, uh, you know, I, 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 I bumped into Hulk one time and I remember that one night he came buzzing him with a uh, the big boss man, and he had a hell of a run with him. What a great guy, Ray Trailer. And then yeah, I'd yeah. him another night in St. Louis or i would in Philadelphia and they'd be in the spectrum. We'd be in the, uh, convention center and both, both sold out. It was phenomenal. So, you know, and then we, we quickly cross paths, uh, in St. Louis when he was working for Vern before he went over to, uh, against. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, we just have seen each other for over the years and had so much fun. And, uh, I don't mind telling you, Hulk, and I tell this everybody, I never worked with anybody in the business except maybe one guy who is as over as you are in the world in one state, and that would be Kerry Von Eric with was pretty big in Dallas. I'm never going to say he wasn't huge. But to work with him, I mean, we had a routine down Conrad, it was. <laughs> it was I, I agreed to quit giving him the knee in the stomach, and he agreed He start throwing me farther off in the middle of the ring, and that's trouble on me, right? But he, hey, yep. he let me hit him. Yep. All I, all I got, my only offense was my chop in the woo, right? He let me hit him as hard as I could. Boom, boom, he's got that big chest. He'd make the comeback, man. He'd look at me and say, It's getting close to the room, sir, let's go Into the rope, I'll meet you bar for a cold while I'm waiting for the food. <laughs> yeah, man. That yeah, was Sold yeah. out every night. The night before I won the Royal Rumble, he and I were at the Boston Garden for the first time. Sold out. This is 1992. I had never seen this kind of stuff before, man. And I didn't have to do nothing. I wasn't even working hard. He was so over. I mean, he, he boom, 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 and we do our stuff in the beginning. I'd cut him off. He'd sell his leg put the figure four and we would turn it over. Yep. I'd suplex him straight up and down. He'd notice, i said, no, sell this. I'd get up, flex, turn around the car, he's looking at me, shaking the finger. And we're going home. We're out. It was the greatest <laughs> thing of all time.
6: It turned out great. I wish we'd have ran into each other, you know, 10 years earlier. But we were, Oh, I know, you know what people yeah. don't understand. Is, yeah, well, I was running all those days. And you were, you were running all those days. No disrespect to anybody. But your NWA run, Rick Flair, was the man. So you were out there by yourself, Ron. And on my end, I was out there running by myself because we didn't have The Rock and Stone Cold and Triple H yeah. and no, all I those don't. guys back then. For a while, it was just you and me on both on different teams. And so we yeah. had to do all the doubles and, and make them all. So it was, the it was a pretty good is, run there for a while.
3: Yeah, but here's the difference. And we got to point this out when I have the opportunity. You were in Madison Square Garden and I was in Hutchinson County. Okay, And I, I was wrestling at a carnival at a carnival with 300 people walking around in cow shit by wrestling my $300 wrestling booth. I had to find my way around Russia. That's what I used to call it's where we're
1: this week. i say Moscow. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> hey, so I, I want to hear you guys talk about a story that I heard you tell in private once, which was awesome, about uh, when the WWE or WWF at the time came to town. Uh, it was Harley Race's territory. And there, there's two shows going on that night. And, Rick, you're at one. Oh, yeah. And you run into Harley. Yeah. And I'll let you take it from here. Yeah, well, we had we, the Hulk and I
3: talked about it. Like, some of you guys don't realize we're Hulk and I have been. So... Harley, so damn mad at WWE at that time, WWF at that time, he's leaving me to wrestle Brody over, and we've got 3,000 people. He's going over to the convention center to kill Hulk. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and God. He goes, and he goes, and we, we, he pulls on his 9 millimeter, touches his pants and says, I'll be back. Smokes your cigarette, throws it out. So, Hulk, you were on the other side of the story. <laughs>
6: what people don't understand is, he had been in Kansas City his whole life. He was the NWA champion, and that TV yeah. was piped into Kansas City. Holly Race is the champion, Holly Race is the champion, and he had his friends and neighbors. They had to respect the people in the airport and all around there. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, clowns from, from uh, uh, Connecticut, Hulk Hogan and Vince McMahon start piping in this TV that goes, Hulk Hogan's the WWF champion just out of nowhere. And then we follow up the service service the market to come into the marketplace and wrestle. And Harley came down there and he tried to light the ring, light the ring on fire during the afternoon because the ring crew <laughs> said, said he's already been here and tried to light the ring on fire. <laughs> so I went across the rough, and they all told me he was going to kill me, so I went across the street to the Rusty Scupper and drank two bottles of wine, and I just came sliding back over there right before the main event, hoping to miss him. I was sitting on the floor doing number two, and I had my pants down, and Davey Boy Smith goes, McGeekman's here, Harley's here, Harley's here. Davey Boy Smith started screaming. I pulled my pants up, didn't didn't wipe my rear end, <laughs> and pulled out of the bathroom to find him. And he was standing there with that gun in his hand, going, "I came here to blow your damn kneecaps off, but I'd rather work with you guys." He scared the hell out of me. <laughs> I scared the hell out of everybody. <laughs> but, uh, we, but I knew he'd already been there during the day trying to burn the ring down. So we <laughs> shook hands, and I, I hooked him up with Vince. But boy, he scared me to death man, because I knew him before Tampa. I used to follow the wrestlers around. When all these guys come to Tampa to wrestle, I used to go to the Imperial Room over there on Armenia Avenue and follow them around after the matches, so I I pretty much knew what Harley was all about. Well, the
3: thing about Harley Race, which you have to love about it every day, I never took it like this, and certainly I wasn't considered anything like Harley Race as being tough, but Harley Race really thought he was the world champion. (laughs) He loved someone to give him some shit. He loved to be able go to a bar, and he'd rather go over to the pool table, knock every quarter of off, and sitting there with 20 guys and say, hey, I got the winner. And start smoking a cigarette. He just couldn't avoid it. I'd go, Harley, let's have a drink and relax. You know, no, no, no. He'd be biting the beer caps off the bottles. You've seen that all. You know what I mean? Who man. can drink the beer the fastest? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'd go, Harley, let it go for a minute, man. <laughs> but anyway, 100% it was a great He's having a real tough time right now. I just um, I hope he's around, you know, a little bit from now. But he's really sick. Pretty I haven't much seen since uh, last WrestleMania. Yeah, I know. He just had, uh, you know, and you would know more about this than certainly I would. Um, he had uh, a nine-inch rod put in his back. I mean, yeah. he's going to have his back surgery. You just had eleven of them, right, or ten, whatever it is. Nine of them. Nine. nine of them. Yeah, nine before they finally got it right. And uh, if, this, if the surgery had not been successful, he would have been paralyzed from the waist down. Wow. Well, wow. The, the surgery was, was successful, he can feel his legs, but he can't walk. He's in a wheelchair. And right now, they just transport him from the hospital to a nursing home, assisted living. He can't take care him. I mean, nobody can take care of him. He has to be, you know, and it's God. You know how that happens. When you get like that, then you get pneumonia. Yeah. I mean, I keep worrying about Sorry. it every day, but he, yeah, to, to see this guy, and Conrad, I know you've met him a couple of times. Yes, you've sir. seen him at the tail end, man. When me and Hulk knew this guy, he, was, he,
6: was, he lived, you lived it, man, every minute, man. Holy cow. Well, you know, i I got a quick Harley Ray story for you. My first territory, when I went up and worked for the Fullers, we went outside to the ballpark in uh, Dothan, Alabama, and we uh, went oh, outside. Oh, yeah, you guys sold food. it out big time, right? Yeah, and so we're out there, and Harley Race told me the hard way, right? And I didn't know what he's talking about. And, you know, he, he yelled at me a couple times, so I kind of, like, clipped him with to the top of the forehead. You know how thick his forehead was? He's like a yeah, little man. So I kind of pulled his right. eyebrow down and tried to clip him with my knuckles to, to bust him open, and his eyes swole up. And he started cussing at me. And the next thing I know, he throws me out of the ring. And by the time I hit the floor, by the time I'm starting to pull myself up, he's already out. He grabbed some ladies, one of those big, like, polar, not, a, not a polar camera, but a big, one of those real cameras with a big, long lens at it, and he just smashes that thing in my face, and both my eyes swell up, and he goes, we're even. And he threw me back in <laughs> the ring. You know? But th- that, that night, I guess, Roy Lee Welch or somebody was screwing with the money from the box office, and we all went to a hotel room, and man, it got really nasty. And you know, with Don Curtis, and uh, I guess they were accusing Don Curtis and Roy, Roy Welch of stealing and stuff, and Harley... Probably got really up in everybody's face. Ron and Robert Fuller were in the room. It was crazy. I got a good education
3: that night. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's funny because, you know, every everywhere Hulk went, we would hear about it. You know what I mean? This is before he even went to Vince because, I mean, they, they were, or every, everybody that he reached, or everybody that had the ability to reach out to him. Whether it be Memphis for a couple of shots with Lawler or where we work with, but it sold out. I mean, and then he worked with Funk a couple of times, and that sold out. And then Harley, and then you know, they, then Fuller, you know, and, and those guys. I like Ron a lot, but you know, it's five dollars for you, uh, two cents. Or five dollars <laughs> for him, two cents for you, right? I mean, you know, I love Ron, but
6: Harley race got his money. Harley got his
3: money. I'm sure, but I mean, you know, now it's
1: not without pulling teeth. You know what I mean? He's, yeah. So. Yeah. So anyway, um Hey, let's circle back so, just for a minute, Rick. You were talking about the Rumble ninety two and this is the question everybody wants to know. It seemed like a no brainer Hulk when, when Rick first came in that you guys were gonna be programmed together at WrestleMania eight and we've heard a bunch of different reasons as to why that didn't happen. What's your perspective as to why that dream match of the Nature Boy Rick Flair and the Immortal Hulk Hogan didn't clash at WrestleMania eight? I don't know. I mean, I was I was in my own world, you know, and I don't mean to say that I didn't have a clue
6: on what was going on, but if I had anything to do with it not happening, it could have had a lot to do with what my personal relationship was like at that moment with Vince, what kind of personal relationship I was having at home, and depending on how, because that would screw me up sometimes. I mean, a lot of things depended on it, but for some reason, it just seemed like we could have done a year and a half, two years' worth of business just putting year and Flare together and flipping the belt back and forth four or five times. And as soon as they yeah. put us together, we, we broke all the Rick knows the numbers in Chicago and all the places we went. We broke all the records. That was, yeah, that we was WCW. Of, yeah, but well, yeah. when we went with Vince, we did all kinds of numbers, too. We were headed to WrestleMania, yeah. and it, it, they just shut it down and switched gears on us.
3: It's a question I've never asked, Vince. You know, and, and the reality of it is that I tell people I was having so damn much fun there. You know, for, If you think about where I came from and the... Personal, personal, uh, you know, insecurities that I found with myself with Jim Hurt and me cutting my hair and all that. I mean, just you know, I just I would flipped. And so I think I mean I it's I had friends in WWF too. It wasn't like it had a damn friends. I just didn't think I'd ever have to go because I figured Crack would be there forever, in my backyard. And yeah, I wanted to go. There's a guy named George Michael who's not with us anymore. A guy that had a sports show in Washington D.C. Sports Machine. The Machine, and he would do these things. He loved me and Hulk, and he would do these shows that just talked about how much money there'd be when Hulk and I wrestled, right? So the angle was already made. The weakness in the link, and I'm first to admit where I'm weak, I didn't have. He started us on the West Coast. Our first match ever, well, first match was Dayton playing around one night. When Hulk told me, yeah, listen, it's my way or the highway, kid hit me in the chair three times turn back in the ring. I said, it's got to be your mess. You're terrible. <laughs> no, I, I was telling you, hey, you're compressed So I don't do any of that bullshit. Don't worry about it. Just follow me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but we go out to California, and, and here's the deal. Bobby Heenan was managing me. It was so damn easy. But I really didn't have the exposure from TBS guys. I mean, that was the only exposure I had. Uh, because the, the penetration wasn't as big in, the, in that time as it is now. Does that make sense? Yeah. So we we our first loop was Oakland, um, uh, the Oakland, L.A., San Diego, Phoenix, and then back to the Garden. And Bobby Heenan, I had Heenan so screwed up, we can quit when we got to New York, remember? <laughs> I remember. Was, I'm not hanging around you for four days in a but that was, but we sold out everything. Even Oakland sold out. But I, I didn't feel like I was over as much. When We got back and we went to Chicago and towns like that. Then I was, I felt like I was carrying my own
6: weight. Does that make sense? I'm gonna ask you a question. I've never asked you this question. When you had the NWA belt, did they pay you more than the guy you were wrestling? Yes. Okay. Now you have to understand. But I, but I was supposed to get every percent.
3: Only. Only guy that ever paid me 10% of the gate was uh, Don
6: Owen. Yeah, well, see, a lot of guys don't understand Everybody, Oh, it's a work, and it doesn't matter if you win or lose. It doesn't matter how you look or this not that and the other. But for me, when I went up to New York, Vince McMahon wanted me to work strong. You know, just like you said, you'd suplex me, you tell me not to sell. Vince kind of like wanted me to work again at the whole. But the whole thing was when I went to work up there for Vince McMahon Sr., his tradition, you know, and his, you know, just the way he ran the business, he always paid the champion like Bruno or Backel, more than the other guy. So when I yeah. came in under, Ben Senior was still alive when I won the belt from the Iron Sheet. I came in under, mm-hmm. under that banner. I fell into that, that loop where the champion gets paid more. So all of a sudden, I'm realizing this is a shoot, brother. This isn't a work. Yeah. I mean, the long as I can keep this belt, I'm gonna make more than anybody. So a lot of guys don't understand. They say, Well Hulk was a politician he did better. he did this, you damn right I did. I wanted to get along in the dressing room, I wanted to get along with Vincent. McMahon, I wanted to get along the car, I wanna make sure I kept my damn spot because a lot of guys don't think about it that way. But when I went up there in the early eighties, it was a shoot, brother, if you were entered Oh. Hey, I tell people that I
3: mean I've told Conrad this that, you know, it's like it's he, he, the Hulk had Orndorff, Hot Rod, God rest his soul, but Orndorff, Hot Rod, uh, I can't remember all the guys, but now those two guys breathing down the neck. I mean, Orndorff wanted to be the champion bad. Roddy wanted to be the champion. I mean, it was it was a shoot Can out of that damn belt. For me, it was nine guys voting on it, you know what I mean? <laughs> and hoping that Harley would put me over. You know,
6: <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. The last three or four years, Roddy and I have to be real close friends. I mean, so close friends that we—I could really give him a hard time and really. It happened when we got to be close friends. I said, "Wow, you dumb, stupid! Can you imagine if you had done a job for me, then I could have trusted you and we could have flipped that belt back four or five times? But how could I do business with you if you wouldn't do a job?" You know, and he goes, "Oh God, oh my God, you're so—I wish I'd have done that." But when we got to be friends, you know, the last three or four years, I used to tease him all the time about it. Okay, Mister the okay. No Sell Small. Piper.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The ride, the hot ride, yeah. Well, he yeah, created that. You know, God rest his soul. But he created that unrest with Vince. <laughs> he, it wasn't just you. He, he
6: made Vince nervous. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah but now we became friends. I told him years later. If he would have just done a job on me, I would have trusted you to flip that belt back and forth, and we could have been beating each other. And you, God said, can you imagine if you, what the run would have been if you would been the champion four or five times? He goes, oh, my yeah. God, are killing me. Yeah. No, I
3: know, but, you know, it's funny because it, it, was, it was the one thing I'm going to say, and I'm consistent about this, and Hulk, you know it too, right? It's the most insensitive business in the world, even to this day. about yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, no, I'm, I'm talking about the, you, the camaraderie. You're going to end up having a couple guys you're really close to. But, you know, ultimately, it's 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 like you when, when I People like you don't get it. Hulk Holger and I are friends. The picture drawn between he and I in animosity and that, yeah, it, it's it's almost like a war. Does that make sense? If we argue, yeah. yes. If we agree to disagree, yes. But it's never, ever affected anything. And I, I'm just going to tell you something, guys. There are three people in my life that I know if I need something like going on. And what do you mean by need something like that? When it comes right down to it, what do you need sometimes? Everybody says they'll do it for you if they can't do it. What is it? Tom, it's money? Called, it's, called a dollar, it's called a dollar bill, okay? Yes, sir. And three people I know I could call right now, tomorrow, and I have called all three of them, Vince, Hulk Hogan, and Conrad Thompson. Hulk, when he helped me with Reed, you know, like Rick, Reed was going to the hospital. I didn't want to tell the WWE he was having problems. I called Hulk. Hulk had me call the accountant, you know, and bingo, 15 minutes. Conrad, bingo, Vince, same thing, right? And that's sometimes people don't look at it like that. You know, everybody's, all, oh yeah, I'll take care of you. I would love you, right? Forget it. Yes, sir. I
6: sure would, man. It's, uh, I've been through a couple. Oh, well, I mean, you didn't you, didn't.
3: you didn't. Do it. You just said, oh, are you doing, man?" Like, you know, and then the time you came up and we had the wrestling match, you donated your time. Yeah. Then we put eighteen hundred people in that high school gym and. You know, with
6: him and Reed and, and the nasty boys, Hulk around. Know, well, I, dude, I, I had to be there because that was that was Reed's first match, and they were in there with mobs. So I just wanted. To no, no, I know
3: it, it was great. Like, you were awesome, but I'm saying this poor limo driver. <laughs> 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 oh, the nasty boy, <laughs> Dwight. <laughs> so this guy is so excited to drive Hulk around, right? And the nasties. I said, to Dwight, his name is Dwight. I said, Dwight, do me a favor. This is like 11:30 in the morning. I'm out there picking up hogs, tank, and a lot of people are going crazy. I also came to the opening of my first gym, too, with Jimmy, which was yeah. a cool thing. And uh, it's funny. Hulk comes to the opening of my gym. The mayor gave us Hulk the key to the city. I haven't got one yet. True. <laughs> True, Charlotte. I remember the mayor came and gave me the key to the city.
6: Yeah. Was, that was, ooh, that so, yeah, that was a beautiful gym.
3: Yeah, that was yeah. a beautiful gym. Yeah, that was the first one I built, and I ended up with 10 of them, so. But anyway, um what was I saying about um
1: Hulk, let's talk about That's being correct. champ a little longer. You were talking earlier about how, you know, it really is kind of a shoot in that, you know, if you're the champ and you're drawing money, you get paid more. Why do you think Bret Hart has taken that so personal in recent years? I mean, even even this year, he's still bringing it up and he always brings up your name in a negative connotation, whether it was WrestleMania 9 or SummerSlam or whatever the, you know, the internet story is. Why do you think what that. Well, he brings up my name too, but it's his fault. It's Hunter, Sean,
3: everybody.
6: I don't know what the deal is. I'm not exactly sure what he's saying. You know, I mean, I've, I've heard so much stuff. You know, I, I just heard one general interview where he mentioned that, you know, I wasn't his favorite person or called me, you know, just some derogatory names. But I, I, I don't know. Um, I mean, you know, I've heard stuff that, you know, I heard he said I was erasing his name in the book and single-handedly ruined his career, just all kind of insane stuff. You know, just, I was really looking forward to working with him when he came to uh, – WCW, but he just fall off that bike and had a stroke or something, and there was some kind no, of limitation. It was, it was, it was, it was over. He got the concussion from yeah you know, or something, something. Right, something happened. There were yeah. some limitations that I did get to work with a couple of times, and we just, you know, we, we we went out there and dug a little bit, but you know, I was extra
1: extra cautious because I can't remember what the physical thing was, but. Yeah, he was working um, with a concussion during the time. but it was, That was before the bike, but he did have a concussion.
6: Yeah, I can't remember. I mean, there was some, but
1: I, I just don't know
6: what happened. You know, it was like, um got me. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Did, really
3: did, did you wrestle? Did you wrestle Brad right I didn't know you did. Yeah, yeah, I did. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I got, did. I lost track of some of that. Jeez. that's,
6: that's the time. yeah. yeah. Yeah, if you want to talk. Yeah, I, I mean, to so I, I just don't understand, you know, what, 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 uh, first off, for me, life's too short, brother. I got nothing but love for Bret Hart. I mean, I, I can't sit here and point fingers here at sure. 62 years old anymore, but I just don't understand it. You know, I just hope, I hope, uh, hope, you know, he changes his, you know, position on it, you know, and, and, and whatever it is, I, I hope he's fine, but I, I don't understand it.
1: Well, we're going to uh, pay some bills right now and tell you guys about LegacySubs.com. If you're a regular listener, you've probably heard us talk about LegacySubs.com, the professional-grade nutrition supplements made right here in the USA that can help you reach whatever goals you have for your body, your health, your performance, or your well-being. And instead of another ad read, we wanted to share some verified reviews from Top Rated, and independent review sites so you can hear what legitimate customers think of the results they get from Legacy Products. Like Jonathan had this to say, quote, I was skeptical at first, but after going through my second bottle of recovery PM, I am a true convert. Even with the most strenuous workout days, I sleep and recover fully. The next day we'll continue to support these products going forward and look forward to anything new. Emmanuel says amazing products and very fast shipping. Blake says absolutely love the legacy test stack. I feel like I have more drive and energy to power through my workouts. My sleep has also improved. So try legacy out today at legacysups.com. subs.com that's L-E-G-A-C-Y-S-U-P-P-S.com and join thousands of satisfied customers who've tried the best-selling testosterone booster test X-9, the best-selling sleep aid recovery PM, or try their newest products like salted caramel protein. It's a salted caramel premium whey protein or NO2 pro for the best pump you've ever had. And allegedly it even gives you better performance south of the border. If you know what I mean, don't forget to use promo code flare, save 10% off your entire order and help support this show level up with legacy subs.com. That's L E G A C Y S U P P S.com. The promo code flare will save you 10%. Yeah.
3: You know, let me tell you, and you're, you, I'm just like you. Cause I, we had the, uh, Eric on here a couple weeks ago and I just said, you know, life is too short and you're worried about the things and you know, I mean, and, 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 and I know we're bouncing around again here, but with me and Hulk, you know, what made me mad at WCW wasn't Hulk. It's that Eric, every time I did something with Hulk, it sold out, okay? But he was just like, you know, it it was it was his style of business, which I've said out loud. It was divide and conquer. He had Macho and Hulk here, right? He had Sting and Luger here. He had Kevin and Scott Hall over here, right? And he had me and Aaron just walking around in a circle and, and going to the bar with Gene Okrun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, if here, let's get Flair. He can do this, right? And then I went to him and I said, you know, because Hulk and then I think I want to go back to the Red and Yellow. I said, man, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. So a promise. You. And we shot this angle. We were talking about it the other day at uh, Molly's event. We did like almost 600 grand in Chicago at the United Center, 230 in Milwaukee, not in Bradley, but the small building. And then we just stopped by Detroit on the way home to like 400 grand at three in the afternoon, right? And then yeah. TV Monday and Hulk was <laughs> doing something else. He just, you know, Eric would let me run with him. And that it was, it was ridiculous because we, we just sold out. And we, and we gave him like 20-minute matches. We weren't going out there for three or four minutes arguing about the finish. Didn't matter what the finish was, man. I took a blade, he took one, and we tore it down. <laughs> Look, I got news for you, brother. Hulk will carry two of them. One of on his wrists and one of yeah. his mouth. He ain't afraid, kind Conrad. Of he knows the deal. <laughs> Dr. Flair's in the middle. We, we're Australia. We both needed a medic after the matches.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: gosh. He goes and a beer. He goes, he, he goes to me We're in the We're like... 15,000 people, and it was the, the Hulk closing to her in his back. He could hardly walk. sat in there. He said, brother, man, just got, got to go real slow. I said, Hulk, don't worry about it, man. So we plugged in Lacey Von Eric to be my manager, which was like, he was in Poor Lacey. He killed Jimmy Hart. But me and Hulk went out there four nights in a row. That, that might have been the most fun I've ever had in my life. Four nights in a row. It didn't do anything. Right, the same old tap, boom, 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 and I don't think you could lift your leg at that time, could you? Yeah, yeah I just where it was boom, down we went. But man, we we were bleeding; it was major. Oh, <laughs> whatever, God. whatever, whatever, whatever we lost in terms of scientific moves and wrestling strategy, we made up for blood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, <Okay. Awesome>. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and, and here's fun. the funny thing. The funny thing was we go to this press conference and Hulk pulls me aside, there's like three hundred people pressed from all over the, the country, right? Hulk pulls me aside and says, Hey just just we won't tell anybody, don't smart anybody up. Just when I say something when we figured out the verbiage it was with Jimmy. And Jimmy didn't know about it and says, Just nail me, man, I'll take a blade on what So oh, Jesus. Hulk Said something like, I look at Jimmy Hart, I said, you're nothing but a pandang dang stooge. And you know? then Hulk jumped up and said, you can't say that. I flew out of my chair and nailed Hulk. room. He went down, whacked himself. Well, now I got the nasty boys, beefcake, everybody else, trying to kill me, to shoot. <laughs> I couldn't get to him. <laughs> and then the next thing here, the cops come to the hotel to arrest me. I told that promoter, I said, listen pal, you tell them this to work. <laughs> I'll be waiting for Hulk, but I ain't sitting in the jail here in Sydney. Excuse
6: me. <laughs> no, it was so, it was uh, it, it was set up nice and easy, man. It was fine. It was are good. Are you kidding yeah. me? We had so much fun on that tour. Are you kidding? Yeah. the best. Well, the thing was, every every time I worked with you, everything we did, from off to working on the stage to to everything we did, was completely just safe. I mean, completely safe. Well, you, don't you mean, know me, man. I working with you, especially in Australia, you were the only one I trusted. I mean, it was like just. Sitting in my lounge chair watching TV working with you. It was a blast. Yeah. Well, thank you. But with, with that
3: easy for me, too. Let me tell you something. We're, we're TNA. I know we're bouncing around, but these are all good stories. And so Hulk's out there in the ring, right? And I'm. He, he, Hulk can talk to me in anything. He said, Look at Rick. He said, This thing will be cool as hell. We'll put you in a wheelchair. I came like, up with a storyline. And we'll just push you down on the ramp and I'll clothesline your off the goddamn wheelchair. Did you see it, Conrad kind of right on TNA? Oh yeah, it was awesome. I am standing out there, and Hulk's in the middle of the ring, and I thought he had a I had What do you got a cell phone in the damn for? And he's cutting the promo on me, right? And I looked and I said, "What's he got a cell phone?" And, and uh, Jimmy said, "Ain't a cell phone. That's his. Uh, that's a stimulus stem thing to keep the back from hurting so bad." I said, "Is that bad?" He <laughs> said. You remember that Hulk? Yeah. But you're pushing that button to keep yourself going. And I'll be done if he didn't roll out of the ring, came after me, somebody shot me down the ramp, close by me. And the people went crazy, you know, because that, that was a tough crowd to track wrestling fans that looked at the people in you know, pain to get into the park. Very very similar to what we did the stuff with WCW. So you're not gonna get true wrestling fans, but with if it was me and Hulk or me and Sting or Hulk and Sting if well, they really understood storylines from yesterday, p and TNA could be great. Otherwise, forget it. You know what I'm saying, Hulk? Because yeah. half that, half the time I was there with you, you were not just having surgery. You were gone like about five months at a time. So
6: yeah, I know, and I'll never, never say a bad word about Dixie Carter. She, she stuck with me through all that. That's for sure. But yeah, I'm
3: not. I don't about Dick. I would
6: say now easy it is. No, no, I know. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. right. I was. I had a lot of surgeries when I was there. But you know, well, that crowd that came in from the park wasn't a wrestling crowd, right? if mean, they didn't know, oh, it's real. Yeah, so it was. It was like really pulling teeth out there. But um, we made it work.
3: Yeah, I mean, Kurt Angle was over good too. But Kurt wasn't there for a while. You know, because of their personal problems, he and Jeff were having. But I mean, there were some great guys. They, we had, we had, you know, James Storm and those guys. We had some good stuff going on, but we just, you know, always seemed to be whoever was booking it. You know, they had 14 different people booking it, from, from Russo to Pritchard, da 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 you know, all of them smart in their own way. But nobody, and then, of course, Dickie would be sitting in the booking meeting and said, God I love her, but she doesn't know a lot about wrestling, That's it, which is not her responsibility, right? But, you know, everybody's got these little niches, and, God, I thought, what the hell? You know, but, you know, how easy? You get there at 3 o'clock? You go to work at six, you're back at the hotel bar by eight
6: <laughs> in a limo. Yeah, that was, a, that was a definitely a, a good little pass through there that, that bided some time. That was a lot of fun working there.
1: So yeah, let's I, talk I, about, uh, you, Rick just brought up a name that, you know, has been pretty controversial, especially with uh, link to your name, Vince Russo kind of set the record straight on Bash at the Beach 2000 once and for all. What exactly went down there? Oh my god,
6: I had uh yeah, let's see, I had uh, a contract in Rebecca at the beginning of the year and Eric and I had planning on had planning on I guess it was Starcade the last match of the year, I think. That's right. We were planning on Rick and I having that final match at Starcade and I was you know, we just didn't like the finish that uh I didn't know what the finish was. I had creative control, and I never used it. And all of a sudden, um, Johnny Ace, you know, wanted to come over to my house. Um, Eric was asking me about this guy in Japan, Animal's brother. Well, I thought of him. I said, well, he's been working with Baba's group for a long time, and he knows the business real well. I know he's been in the office. I don't know if he's wrestling anymore, but if you need help, he'd be a good guy to help you. So Johnny came in, and little did I know, a few years later, I got Johnny coming over to my house, pitching this finish for Bash at the Beach, and I said, well, which one do you like, Johnny? Well, he goes, well, personally, I like you dropping a leg at Beach, and I explained to Johnny what we were going for for December, and he gave me two other finishes. One of them was when Steiner ran down and interfered, and, and thing got DQ'd and, and thrown out, and then there, then there was another one without Steiner, and I didn't agree to any of them, and. I guess Russo kind of went into business for himself and, uh, you know, um, Johnny H told me Russo wasn't real happy about, you know, wanting to um, beat Jeff and then move on to fair at Starcade or whatever that last paper he was and, you know, I just went ahead and sent a letter, I don't know if it was a fax, what we sent on that Friday to the WCW offices that I was going to call the finish and exercise my creative control and thank you for the suggestions. And, you uh, Russo just loud and told Jeff to lay down. And I asked Jeff not to get up. I said, but we don't do this. Let's have a match. You know, let's do the right finish. And Jeff wouldn't get up. You know, basically that was it. I walked out of the building. Russo went out and still staying in the business for himself, shot his angle with his promo. And the rest is history. You know, I had, uh, I would have had to, I would have been able to renegotiate my contract. That's why I would, probably had a couple more years on there. But, uh, I ended up in court with uh, Russo and WCW, and ended up settling with him. Well,
1: oh, I didn't know that. What the hell where was I? You are in the desert. I'm, I must have. Been, I'm, I, I must have been wrestling Conan or something. <laughs> 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 I
3: know. I, you know, yeah. I do. I vaguely remember all this now. Obviously, I've heard the story, but I was that in Daytona. They were, they were doing that or in California.
6: It was Daytona.
3: Daytona? Daytona. Okay, so I thought I don't think I was on that card. I, I, I probably
6: might not have been. Maybe that's when I had my rotator cuff surgery. You know, the thing um, is, Eric, Eric, Bischoff, Eric Bischoff has the details of the story because he was in the office, and he he had to deal with the letter that I sent, and then he had to deal with that chain of command. I don't know if it was Harvey Schiller or I can't remember who was in there, but when all this stuff went down with Russo, I know he had like an all-day Friday session with what we were supposed to do and what we, what we had to do, and, it was a bunch of internal stuff that was going on. You know, Russo wanted one thing. I wanted something else and it just, uh, you know, instead of, you know, legally I had the right to, to call the finish, you know, do what needed to be done. And, and, uh, you saw what happened.
1: So you mentioned his name uh, briefly there, Hulk talking about Scott Steiner. And I know we're not going to talk about earlier this year, but where do you think the animosity from him comes from? I, I, I never understood that it seemed as a fan. That you guys never really crossed paths that much why do you think he has uh such an issue with you i know i know by you know creating these issues
6: with me. i know he's keeping his name alive you know i know that much i mean i i can't think i mean i like scotty you know um sometimes at TNA when there was a finish or something needed to be done no one wanted to talk to him and sent me down a couple times to explain to him creative what we were doing some of the people were afraid to talk to him um no, I got always get along great with him, you know. And then all of a sudden, there's been this turn the last couple of years. I don't know what it is. I didn't run TNA. I know I've been accused of that. TNA's still up and running, but I don't know. I don't know what yeah. the animal is. Yeah,
3: either do I. I mean, I know. And I'm, actually, I see him once in a while. Now we get along fine. But I know that he he jumped at me a couple of times. I mean, you know, on, through interviews and that. I don't know. But once again, life's too short. You know, his brother. Yeah. Even, you know, he and his brother aren't as close as they used to be for some reason, which is pretty sad because at one time they were very, they were inseparable. But um, Rick doesn't even uh, do bookings anymore that I know of, does he, uh, Conrad?
1: Yeah, he does occasionally. You'll see him at a signing here or there. But oh, Scott okay, Scott's yeah. still out there, and he's actually opening a Shoney's in Ackworth, Georgia, not too far from yeah, you, I Rick. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like the
3: with liquor. Now, I'm trying to get one for Myrtle Beach.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's right off the interstate, so hopefully he does well with it. And I know everybody did well when Hogan was on the card for a long time. And there's a story that back in the day, Hulk, people used to come to you and thank you for the great payday because they knew if they were on a card you were main eventing, then that was a good deal for their check as well. But then 96 rolls around. It's Bash at the Beach. We're back in Daytona. And, uh, Kevin Sullivan tells a story that you were kind of reluctant to do the heel turn and spent the night at his house the night before. Uh, what was going through your mind, Rick, when you first heard that Hulk's going to be a bad guy, that's not something people had seen maybe since the seventies and now in 96 Well,
3: everybody's going to take this wrong. I, I never liked it. You know, to me, there's a four or five guys in the business and I, clearly have wrestled all of them. There's a couple guys that just couldn't be heels. Okay, well, ultimately, I was wrong with Hulk. Um, But, you know, I just saw Hulk Hogan as this guy, like Ricky Steamboat, different level. Sting, I never liked as a heel, and, and, and don't think I ever could, and I didn't like Jack Briscoe. But Jack could be a heel because wrestling was different back then. But there were just some guys that were so good, and, I mean, all these years of, milk and vitamins i mean our interviews if you go back he'd be talking about milk and vitamins and and, and going to church and i'd be talking about whiskey booze <laughs> and, and, and going to the nightclub and running around the airplane with my clothes off i mean all, that was our gimmick <laughs> so i can't maybe i would just jealous and then they're taking the golden cruise away from me what am i going to do because they won't let me do i went to help i said i want to be interviewed he said no not from that brother I want to be NWO, too. I'm sitting over here, man, going, this ain't working for me. <laughs> and, I, and the funny thing is, though, I love the NWO. I like, said, who didn't, right? Until when it was just you, Kevin, uh, Scott, and uh, uh, Waltman, right? That, but every week they added another one, and to me it just diluted You me. I mean, at the end you guys had 400 guys. Yeah, it watered down. It should be like, you know, you having 14 guys. Wearing your, your outfit, you know what I mean? And, and sitting in the front row is the same thing. And half of them never talk, but they're just standing there in W.O. The and I mean, it's, I don't know, it, to me, it diluted it. I, I guess I like this shop. I thought I was good in a role with you guys, but clearly the three guys, the Wolfpack, I mean, I, I'll put Waltman in there because he was there and he's a nice kid.
6: But it was you, Kevin, and uh, Scott Hall and Waltman. You know, when, when you talk about that whole WCW thing, and we talk about the Quakes of Luther and Sting and UNR and wherever they had me and Brandy and, and Scott and Kevin, I, I think if, if, if it would have been Eric Bischoff that was 10 years older, if he'd have been 10 years older and he could look back in his crystal ball, I, I think Eric kind of stepped into this tornado that turned into being the, the biggest hurricane he'd ever seen. I didn't think he realized this thing was going to kind of take off that much. And I've seen this before. I said, well, if you could go back now, you wouldn't be such a mark for the boys. You know, cause, wow. uh, some of the boys, some of the boys were playing in like a fiddle, you know, and and I think that, you know, if he would have kind of like stood his ground, studied the course, you know, he would have had a much better shot at going to where he wanted to go. And I just think it, he just, I, I just think he was about 10 years too soon. You know, I think if he would have been in there now or if he would, he, he'd probably agree that he'd have had a better handle on things. Yeah, well, you know, when I came back, you were doing
3: uh, a Thunder in Paradise, right? Yeah. Well, well, you were doing a series, Thunder in Paradise, right? And uh, with uh, uh, Carol Altman. Is that her name? <laughs> yeah. <you have> <laughs> that, what, what's her last name? Carol Alt. Carol Alt. Yeah, okay. So, <laughs> okay. so I, that's in like Oli Anderson that said, what do you work to me? I just, you know, put Henning over on Raw, and I am going back, and I get there, and he said, you just did a job on national TV last night. And I looked at Obi and said, I'm going to show you where I'm with you. And I worked next door to South Bob too. And I said, I'm going to walk out of here or Oli will be gone. K be. So, trust me. And then off came Eric. And Eric goes to me. I was there about two weeks. And Eric said, you know, Hulk Hogan? I said, oh, I don't know. Both I can you get a hold of him? I said, yeah. So I called Hulk and I said, I don't know what you think of this You know it's a little different, but. They got a lot of money here, man. <laughs> so we flew down to Orlando, got in a caravan. Hulk was skimming out in the damn jungle. <laughs> Remember? And yeah. Uh, yeah. I sat out in the car and drank beer, and then went Hulk trailer, and we came back, and two weeks later, Hulk was coming. Then he goes, to, he says to me, you know, it's average too. I said, hell yeah. <laughs> so we went down and got ranked, and we, we just built the team, man. It was fun. Oh, well, man. I just no, wish Derek would have kept me in the loop. <laughs> He's crazy. Well, I think he'd
6: have done, he done a lot of things different if he'd had, had a few more years under his belt.
3: Yeah. No, I forget. Listen, I look I looked back and I, I was mad at him, but you had got to, to do with what I was getting paid. You know what I mean? And I, we put it to rest the other day. I don't think about it. You know, I have my gyms. Like I said, I you know, and the gyms, you know, that Linda McMahon got me going in the gym business. Um. And I'll, and I'll tell you this, this I'm going to tell you something I've never told anybody that they got down through okay, I knew that I was really a good wrestler, right? And I knew that people respected me for wrestling, that, but I never thought I had much of the beat, right? And at one
6: time I had a pretty good physique, but nothing like Hulk or that, right? Because Hulk could Hulk just make himself whatever. over. As it, hard as Hulk wanted to work out, that's some really good look. Because one time he thought he was getting slack, and Rick Rude was walking around flexing, and Hulk said.
3: Watched me in a a week, so you remember how week, but so I never walked in the gold gym to work out when I was in California because I was embarrassed and I was. I was going to be world champion in five years until Hulk took me one day. That's wow, that's wild. That, that's the guy's answer because I didn't. I knew all these guys, you know, because I followed bodybuilding and I read the magazines and, and I walked in and these guys were just, "Hey, how you doing?" I mean, it's so nice, but I actually was intimidated. I've never, I've never admitted that to anybody. Because you know, Hulk was like the giant guy in the team. I mean, here comes Hulk Hogan, I go, geez, and you know, I'm gonna be here at the interview champion that the handling. I mean here's <laughs> what it is. I've never admitted that, but I I got nothing to hide now. It wasn't about me thinking what I what I my
6: performance was like in the ring, it was just you know, the stuff that goes on, you know. And uh that's the well, whole so you, know, end you ended up owning three or four of those gyms, Rick, right? Three or four goals. Ten. You had ten. I had ten, yeah. 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 I sold them in
3: 2001, and out of that, I netted three million dollars. And uh, out of that, one and a half went to Beth, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> one and a half went to Beth. I didn't know when at that time. We just walked in. One he here, which shows the we'll be number one. We're, we're blowing Steve Austin out of the water right now.
1: Oh gosh. But, um, Hey, so, Hulk, you said a minute ago you thought that if Eric could do it over again, he'd have done a lot of things different in WCW. If you had to do-over, would you have done anything different in WCW?
6: Been more attended, you know. I uh, I I now that I there every Monday. But, you know, if, if you weren't there every Monday, it was like the, the lunatics will run the asyl- asylum. You know, because Eric, Eric didn't have a really good foundation as far as Wrestling, wrestling finishes are different than storyline and theory. I mean, you really have to be a good finish guy to make the storylines work and the theory, you know, and the theme of whatever you're trying to do. And I just kind of like, if I was there, I'd be talking to Rick one week, and then when I wasn't there, Hall and Nash, in his ear the next now, I really don't know what was happening when I was gone, but they gave uh, Vince, you know, an opportunity to get on his feet, and um, I just think there, there wasn't attention to detail. I just think everybody gets big, fat, and happy too quickly. And uh, if, if I could do anything different, I would be there every Monday instead of showing up every other Monday like I did, or whatever the schedule would be.
3: Hey, so I want to circle are back. About, are you talking about for, for WTW now? Yeah, right? yeah,
6: yeah. Nitro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'd walk in after being gone with like, the lunatics for running the
5: Wrestling fans, it's time to win with Zinn. Get to WrestlingPrizes.com to register for your chance to win one of four once-in-a-lifetime digital Q&A sessions with wrestling legends Ric Flair, Eric Bischoff, Jim Ross, or Mick Foley. Winners also get an autographed replica championship belt and a prize pack from Zinn, America's number one nicotine pouch. Register once per day, now through July 15th. WrestlingPrizes.com No purchase necessary to enter or win. Open to U.S. residents 21 and over. Void where prohibited. For official rules, visit WrestlingPrizes.com Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical.
1: Rick, a little earlier you were talking about when you were NWA champion, you know, there was a formula that the champion got paid, and supposedly it was 10%, and the talk is that Botch, you know, uh, in Houston was would go ahead and do that, and a few others, but maybe not everybody followed the same formula, but as a rule of thumb, 10% for the champion is what we heard for the NWA. But we've always kind of heard that Vince's was more subjective. Hulk, do you remember back in the day when you were champion? Was there a theory? Did the boys know? And uh, you know, without naming any specific numbers, of course, how would you know if this was going to be a good a good payday or not? Well, because the building was sold out.
6: (laughs) Not not exactly sure what the ratio was, but you know, it was the old school train of thought that you know Vince McMahon, you took care of champion, and that was. Kind of handed down for a while, and I know I hung on to it as long as I could until you know I get overturned by Vince and, and however he did his system. But you know, for a while it was was it way. But I don't have the formula. I really don't.
1: So do you remember back in the day, as far as the 80s heyday era of the WWF, was the Ultimate Warrior and the whole SummerSlam incident, was that really the first time that something like that happened that you recall, or was that something that was a constant behind the scenes issue and the Warrior thing just really became folklore legend for the wrestling community?
6: Which situation are you talking about?
1: Well, supposedly that he hold up, held up Vince McMahon for more money at SummerSlam when you guys were doing the Match Made in Heaven, Match Made in Hell 91 deal in New York. The whole deal, you know, we're not trying to speak ill of the Warrior, I'm just saying that particular incident. No,
6: that, that's
3: a true story. I've heard that before, too. That, that was Madison Miller's yeah. right, Hulk? Yeah,
6: it was. Yeah, and Vince, let, let me know what was happening. I, I said some derogatory things at the time about what we should do in the ring, and was called on it later because <laughs> it was put on the <laughs> on the on the videotape, you know, the self destruction tape. Um, uh, it was it was different. It was it was different, you know.
1: Well, was that uh, the first that time happened that happened,
6: though? With me, you know, with me being around the business, but I've heard it happen other times before. I mean, I know I've heard that same situation, you know. And this is just a rumor, so I don't know if it's true. But I know there's independent guys that you know have said Jim kind of like did the same thing then. Same thing to them on a couple of independent situations, but maybe it was a one-time thing. Who knows?
1: But it wasn't necessarily something that you thought was on Vince's end. You always felt like Vince was fair, maybe not with all the boys because you didn't really have insight as to what he was or wasn't <laughs> doing there, but at least with you, you know, you didn't have a guessing game as to, hey, am I really getting a fair shake here? You felt like you were fairly compensated back in the day? Oh, I always
6: thought I was worth more than he was paying me.
1: Uh, that, was probably,
6: <laughs> that, was probably, that was probably, yeah, that was probably one of our biggest wedges over all the years was, you know, you know, I'd work somewhere, I'd see the house, I'd see the numbers for the paid you, them would pay me, I'd disagree, and next thing I know, I'd be back on the beach, you know. That's happened several times. But, you know, that's it, just the way it is, I mean. I don't know what the formula was. I just uh, always thought I was worth more than I made, that's for sure.
1: So when you were coming up yeah. you know, in Florida, the man in Florida was Dusty Rhodes, and of course he's still in our hearts and minds, having passed away just a few months ago. What was the feeling like in the locker room or amongst you and Vince, or you know whoever your clique was, so to speak, back in the day when the word came down that Virgil Runnels was no longer with Crockett and wanted to come north? The talk is that putting him in polka dots was Vince's idea of a rib. Uh, but he still managed to get it over to his credit. W- what's your take on uh, on on your memories on him coming north and finally joining uh, the dark force, so to speak?
6: Well, I mean, Dusty Rhodes had been in, uh, in the garden before, wrestling superstar Billy Graham in those bullpup matches as Dusty. <clears throat> so it's, it wasn't like he'd never been in the garden before. But right. when, when he came in full time with the purple on. I mean, you know, some sometimes you get stuff as a rib, sometimes Vince will make a, a good cop evil or, or an, an evil clown, and, and then it, it make it look but sometimes Vince's vision is different or, or better or more long-term than, than some of ours. So when Dusty came up with the polka dots, I, I wasn't used to seeing that because I was used to the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. But I knew if we got the TV exposure, you know, um, and, and if I knew that, you know, he... Got into the gimmick. I knew he would get it over. I just didn't know what the, the end game was. I didn't know if it was a rib or if it was a shoot. So I was just kind of sitting there watching it and see how it played out.
3: Yeah, you know, I I, I hear that too about it being a rib net, But I, I don't, I, I don't. Dusty never related that to me. And uh, I'll tell you something: if if it was a rib, or, or, which I don't, I don't think it was. Um, it, it Dusty did make it work, obviously. Um, but number two, I can't think of anybody uh, that, um, that I mean, the ceremony and the tribute uh, to Dusty from uh, WWE, meaning Vince and the family and that. And uh, when he passed, maybe one of the most uh, cool things I've ever seen. I'm sure you saw the stuff on a network Hulk, And, of course, you were at the ceremony and all that with me and uh, you and Jen and uh, me and Wendy and – uh my kids were there, so it was, and I mean they had they had the whole staff there. I mean, and the whole lockdown, and everything. Everybody came, and it was it was a sad day, but it was already a tribute to a guy that uh, did a lot for all of us in this business. So I don't, and if it was a career that's you know it's nothing that uh, will ever be thought of as any more than just a cool. And then of course, the greatest story of all is Madame um, sure It wasn't a time where we popped, but if you look at it now. Um, when Cody was talking about um, Michelle not having any pictures of any of the guys in the house and uh, any of the wrestlers. And and, uh, and he said, Mom, he said, well, why don't we have any pictures of any of the guys in the house? She said, well, I don't want a picture of anybody else when I'm married to Elvis. (laughs) It was was great. uh, Yeah, I was wrong I mean, his his speech was fabulous. The kid just really got, he's on fire. I have a lot of time for him. Well, I mean, the whole family, but that was, he manned up and he pulled it off and it was, you know, it was a real sense of the time, but, uh, you know, sad for all of us because he meant a lot through all of us, but um, who knows? Anyway, uh, he was a great guy. And yeah, I, I, think, I, it, I just couldn't
6: believe, you know. you called me client. client. Yeah, I, yeah, was I got Holt, and
3: I knew he was calling to say something, but he was, I couldn't understand him, Conrad, he was crying so hard.
6: He was the reason I got in this business, you know, I I I just was relentless watching him, and if he wasn't on TV doing a promo, I was really upset until the next week. But he's yeah, the actual sure. reason I, I got in this business, you know. Yeah. Wow. He, he had
3: the greatest. Rick Flair, you put my family on hard time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Greatest dude, man. Uh, they said he got it from Thunderbolt Patterson, but he took Thunderbolt to a whole new level, man. Jesus.
1: Uh, also passing yeah. away this year. I hate to be such a downer, but it seems like we invariably have to talk about it. Uh, Vern Gagne passed away earlier this year, and uh, yeah. Vern was really the place where you first started to get your major league push. Would you agree with that, Hulk? And what are your favorite memories of working with Vern? Well,
6: Vern was the uh, Sly Fox, you know. He 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 helped me um, right out of shoot. You know, I sent him some pictures from Japan after I got fired from the WWF. You know, for doing the Rocky movie. I, went over to Japan. I was living over there for a couple of months because I just loved it over there. And uh, didn't want to go home. <laughs> I was homesteading at the KO Plaza there and staying over there for all the tours. And uh, I sent uh, Vern some pictures. He told me to come on in. And uh, he's the one that started the Hulk up stuff. You know, when the guys beat on you, beat on you, just go down to one knee. Don't take a bump. You know, I just got a ton of heat on me with all the boys. But Vern was the one that was teaching me how to work. <laughs> You know, and Greg, Greg was very insightful, too. Greg had a good handle on the, the Hulk Hogan character. So they are the ones that kind of like taught me how to come up, you know, do the no-sell, and, you know, that, that whole Hulkamania style was born. And thank God I had those three years in, uh, in Minnesota to develop the character because even when I went to wrestle the sheep, I still didn't have my gimmick down all the way. Even though that night was magical in Madison Square Garden's, it wasn't until about five or six months later I actually put the whole thing together and figured it out and uh, had the room service in there also. But, uh, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> it, yeah, that's my life. It, it, took, it took a while, but Barnaby's great. On he me a lot. Hey, there, you know.
3: I didn't know. I thought that uh, Vince set you up with that movie. They fired you for making a Rocky
6: movie? Vince Sr., Drill a Monsoon, came to me and gave me a uh Western Union letter said that Sylvester Sloan wants to talk to you at Allentown TV. I threw it away. Yeah, I went, to Japan, I went to Japan for 10 weeks, and when I came back to Allentown to make TV again, they gave me another letter. Stallone wants to talk to you, so I called him. I told Vince Sr. that whatever month it was, November, January, February, whatever month it was, I had to go for 10 days to make this Rocky movie. He goes, no, you're not making that. And I said, yeah, I am. And we didn't really argue about it. And so in Fall River... I told uh, Strongbow that I'd seen, you know, in a couple of weeks of us flying out to California to make a Rocky movie. He goes, no way. You've got to drive to Charlotte. You're supposed to be on TV for Crockett tomorrow. You're supposed to make TV. And I said, I'm not driving from Fall River, Mass, to Charlotte or wherever the hell the TV's at. I'm flying out to LA to make this movie. So I called Benson home from Fall River, from the arena, Fall River, Mass, I called Vince in Fort Lauderdale and told Vince he I was going to make the movie. He goes, no, you're not. I said, yes, I am. He goes, well, if you go make that movie, you'll never work here again. And so that's how that happened.
3: Wow. Yeah, well, then, Don, I mean, here's the thing, because I'm sitting on the outside, but everybody knew, and, of course, I'm very close to Buck and all those guys, right? If, look, here's, here's my take on this. If he would have put the belt, I don't know why, these you guys what, sold it out three times in a row, or four times, he was nicked. St. Paul. Yeah, he wouldn't put the belt, and he wouldn't, and burn it, you know old school like only a little bit. He wouldn't
6: give Hulk any marketing opportunities. Am I saying that right, Hulk? I started selling some T-shirts. I'd go over have, add them to France and out into the York Yorkshire Mall and make some T-shirts, Hulkamania or One Scar, One Million Enemies. I started selling the T-shirts out of a little off a little card table, and then in the arenas. And uh, when I went back, I came when I came back from Japan. I went to Channel Nine there. And Vince had boxes and boxes of Hulkamania shirts. I said, what the hell is this? He goes, oh, I'm making those shirts and selling. I said, well, what's my percentage? He goes, you don't get any. I said, oh, really? Yeah. And that's, a little, we got a little argument, old wrestling match there at the TV station. <laughs>
3: now, I heard all these stories, you know, but, you know, you and I probably have talked about it before. But, um, you know, that was that old school mentality, man. Because that, that nobody ever heard of marketing. That's, you know, how Vince and then I like, don't even sure how it came about, but I knew that you were went, right since, if you went
6: from Minneapolis to Japan to New York, correct? Yeah, yeah. And yeah I was yeah, selling yeah. merchandise in Japan. I mean, I was selling merchandise in Minnesota. I was selling headbands, I was selling t-shirts and making a ton of money doing. do it. And when I came back from Japan, Vern had started making all my stuff and wasn't yeah. said he wasn't going to give me a percentage of it. He was selling it. And uh, he kept picking on me all day. And you know where well, Vern would sit at the table with Greg, and then you'd walk 10 feet in front of the backdrop and do the interviews with me and Gene right there at Channel 9. Yeah. Well, Vern would sit on the end, and Greg would sit next to him, and you'd stand next to Vern, and then when you'd walk in, you'd walk in from that position, if you're a babyface, and talk to me and Gene. And Vern kept picking on me all day, and finally he goes, we were arguing over the T-shirts all day, and finally he goes, how much did that Matt Suda guy teach you? And I just looked at him, and I said, enough to beat you. And when I said that, he came up out of that chair like a crazy man, and he charged me. But his feet were slipping like the Flintstones on that trouser floor, you know. And when, when, he, when he went to, when he went to tackle me, he was falling head first in his, in his head, and his shoulders fell, fell right into that front chinlock Richard Belzer position, you know. And I just hooked him. I just hooked him as quick as I could, and I pancaked him on that trouser floor. And he stood up out of his mind. His hair was sticking straight out sideways. He goes, you're you're in trouble for that. And he went stomping off to the bathroom, I guess, to regroup. And Greg got up and took his sweater off. And David Schultz goes, no, you don't want to do that. You need to sit down. So that was pretty much much the end of my relationship with Vern. I
3: didn't even know that. I know the feeling, though, man. Vern had a short fuse, boy, wow holy cow
6: he came after me he came after me like like he was on fire wanting to kill me he was just slipping all over the place
0: what companies would you want to work for just capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good companies like bank of america which just earned the prestigious just capital 2024 seal bank of america is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit justcapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal, Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital.
1: Psst, who's going to take care of your family if something happens to you? What would they do without your income? If you don't have a plan, you need to go to goliathlife.com. Get a quick quote for more than 20 carriers. You don't even have to leave the house. If you need a medical exam, they'll send somebody to your house or office. You're in total control. You pick the rates, you pick the payments, you pick the terms, you're in total control, but it gives you and your family peace of mind. What if something happens to your income, hurry to goliathlife.com. So, Hulk, I got a lot of uh, direct messages after you tweeted out that we were going to be taping today asking if we were going to ask about this, and I guess it's kind of a little weird, but Rick, I want your stance, too. I'm going to read from Rick's book here. Wyndham's attack on David led to a special match on January 17, 1999 at the sold-out pay-per-view in Charleston, West Virginia, an incident I've never put behind me. What no one had told me would Hogan would be cute and whip David over and over again. It wasn't fair to make my son go through that. He wasn't even really a wrestler yet, but there was nothing I could do. I'd been handcuffed to the ropes. He whipped David like a dog. It was sickening and I'll never forgive him for it. Obviously that's a hundred years ago. Everybody's good now. What was the deal with the David belt whipping, Rick being handcuffed thing? Rick, you go first.
3: Um, God, you know it's funny, it just I look at it now and I go, You know, it's funny because I thought David would be, you know, broken up but he came back and as Hulk will tell you he, he couldn't have been prouder that he took it. But I mean, it was designed to get heat. I got all that. Hulk wasn't in the match, but I, I got it. You know what I mean? I just I thought it should have been me. You know, I'm used to getting that stuff done to me. You know, and uh, but you know, it's it, it's for him. You know, I thought Dave would be really upset. He said, "Dad, I, I hope did I do good." I said, "Yeah, he did more than good." And the next day he got paid ten grand for doing it. from, from Eric. I mean, that's if I'm telling you David would be in the business right now if he hadn't met six and cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh yeah, I don't for you probably don't even remember that, but it was just one of those things where it was, you know, it was put together me and Dave and I went down and practiced with two of the best of all time, Kurt Henning and Barry Windham for a week. That's all the experience he had. Do you remember all? And we were in trouble. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, and then that night, Aaron took David out, and David couldn't have been in a better mood than the first. And I had, but Reed was there. I had Reed at that match. So, wow. Um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I gotta finish this story. Going back to Reed, I started to tell the story.
6: No, let me let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, give you, let me give you my spin on the on the, the, okay, with the belt. I never. I mean, when I that belt hurts like hell. It, that son of a bitch, when you hit somebody with it, you welt up immediately because when I swing that thing, I swing it wide open and with no remorse. It's just that old school Johnny Valentine when I broke in in Florida, he said, when you kick somebody, you better leave lace prints. That, that's the mindset I was in in that moment. It was like a feeding frenzy. And when you when you hit somebody with that belt, it hurts like hell. And I, I never... I would usually hit the babyface with the belt, point to the crowd, "Ha! Look at him, he's no good, and I had the babyface take the belt from me and beat me with it. That was the reason for the belt was so the babyface could make a comeback with it. And it hurt like hell. I mean, you know, I, if I hit somebody five times, I'd tell them to hit me five or six. And it hurt like hell. When, yeah,
3: this it thing came down to, yeah.
6: when this whole thing came down to David Flair, should I have hit him that hard? Yes. Should I have hit him that many times? Hell no. If I'd hit him once, twice, a third time, that would have been it. But we had that whole NWO stretching out. It was like smelling blood, feeding frenzy. I'm not proud of it at all. I apologize for it because when I think about it, I don't know if don't. Know. Yeah. Oh. You know, because that's not, that's not who I am. But sometimes when you're out there, it gets intense. And that was one of the times where I wish we'd have hit David three or four times instead of however many times I hit him. But, you know, that's, that was out of line completely.
1: Well, and then eventually well, exactly. you guys had a Yappa Pai Strap Match. And I'm just curious, whose idea was that and what the hell is Yappa well, That's a, that's a Billy Graham,
6: that's superstar Billy Graham and Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> back in the day. You know,
1: you I just, I just stole
6: it. So that, uh, Billy Graham used to call the Yappa Pai Strap Match. <laughs> <had> strap <laughs> you and I? Yeah. The one we had in Miami? No, no, no. When Billy Graham and Dusty Rhodes <laughs> had one. Oh, 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 I thought you said. I thought Conrad asked if
3: you and I had one. I'm sorry.
1: Well, no. Hogan no. used it in a promo once that botchamania still has a field day with. Oh, I got you. And uh, it's it's him cracking the belt just like we were just talking about, and uh, calling it the Yapapai Strap Match. And I remember thinking, I have no idea what the hell they're saying. Is that English? What is that? What is a Yapapai Strap Match? I didn't know it came from um, Superstar Billy Graham. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 You know, I just wanted to go ahead and, you know, as we kind of put a bow on this thing. uh, Hulk, what's your most, you know, prized piece from your career? You know, we just talked about all the different merchandise, but surely you have some mementos that you've kept over your career. You know, Rick's, of course, is probably the Hall of Fame ring or the the watch that Shawn Michaels gave him or something like that. But is there something you hang on to that's just really special to you from your career? Well, you know, I um,
6: I got, you know, the Rocky belt from the movie. Right. I've got... Couple, couple of the winged eagle belts, belts. I, the real belts. The knife that Jarrett um, laid down on me, I get that original belt that we used down there. But I think, I think the uh, the thing that you know symbolizes my career, um, you know, more than anything. Not, not to end on a sour note, but you know, is that I know Rick's got two of them, and I've only got one of them. But that, that Hall of Fame ring, you know, so that's why, you know, when we talk about this business, like Rick and I are so much alike it's in our blood. Um, and we live for this business. I still live for her. I still record everything and watch it. I'm I'm a bigger mark than Rick is, no matter what he says.
3: But, you know, one nine, say, my daughter's there. <laughs>
6: that's true. I'm a big mark for her, too, without a doubt. But um, Oh, my. no, Terrible. Yeah, that Hall of Fame ring is, is my life. You know, and, and it's just so sad that um, I've been taken out of the Hall of Fame and I, I don't have a presence anymore in the wrestling business. But, you know. Um, I'm going to cherish that Hall of Fame ring, you know, because that, that, I hang on to that, and that, that's my whole career to me, that Hall of Fame ring. So that's all i got left, brother, so I'm hanging on to it.
1: Hulk, is
3: there anything well, you wanna want you to say? I want you to cherish our friendship, buddy, because I cherish yours. I love
6: you, death, man. I appreciate
3: it. I, I love you too, buddy. I'll nope. never forget, you know, the, the day I called you. So thank you. Hey, thank you so much for doing this show. Conrad, I know you want to ask what's up. You CEO Conrad had his way. He would have you go lay down on a lawn chair right now, Hulk. Get a case.
1: Of oh, and to pick his brain over some Miller Lights. Absolutely. I want to give you the floor, Mr. Hogan, as we kind of put a bow on this thing. Is there anything you want to say out there to your Hulkamaniacs who are listening? I know this year you, you haven't done as much media as maybe you have in the past, and you have an open forum here. You know, a lot of wrestling fans are going to listen to this. You know, just take a few minutes and say anything or everything you'd like to say about how you'd like to be remembered or thought of or if there's a special message you want to pass along the floor is yours sir
6: well you know I I I watched the uh, the wrestling on TV the WWE I watch all the other shows and download a bunch of stuff in Japan because I'm the, the the wrestling fan of all fans and the thing that no one can take away from me is how loyal all the fans are, and how much love they have for me. Um, the great part is, you know, since uh, you know I uh, am not part of the wrestling business anymore, I've gone out on different personal appearances, like with Rick this weekend, and gone to different appearances. And, and the real people, the people that you know, are out in the world—red, black, white, yellow, green—people, everybody. I mean, everybody's so loyal and so nice to me. It, it really uh, is it, important to me that these people know who I am. Um, you know, it's, it's been a great career. Um, I never dreamed that uh, things would turn out the way they are today. Uh, I've got nothing but respect for Vincent Man and of the WWE. And that's my home. And, uh, you know, just uh, I've got some great memories. But I just wanted to say thank you to all the fans that know really who I am and, and the person that I am. That means the world to me. And it's been a pleasure um, having a friend that I call the greatest wrestler of all. All time, Rick Flair. Thank you, man. What uh, uh, a real honor, Rick being your friend. I was going to tell you something. Um, I
3: hope it's not near soon, um, but I know Oh, and I I, I I, feel like I got a lot off my chest that night in the garden when I got to say that. Does it make sense? Where really, can say it in yeah. front of people. Yeah. And uh, I looked at, I mean, I'll tell you what, Conrad, I know you weren't there, but. Kevin Nash and Scott Hall went out there, and I thought that that would blow the roof off. And then I was kind of like the dressing surprise, right? Man, that crowd, I walked through that door with me and Hulk looking at each other, they started chanting, this is awesome. And it went on for about three minutes, remember, Hulk? And this is, again, yeah, one haven't. That was It was phenomenal. I got to say all I felt about um, him and how he's helped read and my family and just stuff. And it was a personal moment. And then, you know, as we've done so many times in the past, we went back to the hotel and got wrecked. And I had a 4 o'clock flight <laughs> to Las Vegas. I had a 4 o'clock flight mm-hmm. to Las Vegas. I had to sign for four hours. I wanted to kill myself. I was in bed um, at 5 p.m. in the afternoon <laughs> in Vegas. Shocker.
6: <laughs>
3: God, God, I was hungover. Oh. Christ.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was in a God. bad way. We've had fun. Hulk. thanks so much, man. Thank you so much, Mr. Hogan. This is unbelievable as a wrestling fan. You know, I'm of course the first wrestling fan to hear it because I was on it, but you guys don't understand, you know, this is, this is as good as it gets as far as wrestling goes and to have both of you here at the same time and just to be able to sit back and and feel like we're uh, in the car as you guys go up and down the road was such an honor. Uh, it, you, there's this famous phrase among amongst wrestling fans, the Mount Rushmore of wrestling. The two that are never debatable are here today. And I just can't thank you enough for allowing us the opportunity to speak with you today, Mr. Hogan.
6: All right, my brother, you and Rick have a great day and I'll, I'll be seeing you soon, Rick. Okay. True.
1: Thanks man so much. Okay. Thank you so much, sir. Love you guys. Have a good day. Bye. Thank you buddy. You bye bye. It too, buddy. Bye. Rick, what a podcast, man. Of all the guests I ever thought we yes, could get Hulk I'm Hogan, you, you don't get any bigger than that name.
3: No, I know, and uh, that we just touched it, I mean, so much we could talk about. You and know, I been up and down that road together for, you know, almost, what, 30 years, so me, what, 44, and him, about 40 now, so um, and we spent so much time, even though we weren't working together all the time, we were always, you know, in the forefront of the business from either uh, posing uh, uh, um, promotions or, you know, and then, of course, we got to work together a lot as well with, with both companies, so... Great pleasure for me to have him on the show. I worked with him this past weekend, and had great time. And still makes me mad. He gets more people assigned for than I do. I don't know how he that up. Like, <laughs> I, I got two. I got two Hall of Fame rings, and his line is longer.
1: <laughs> well, I, I can't imagine. You know, as somebody. Um you know, who was in the business, who got to see kind of a before and after Vince McMahon and Hulk Hogan really revolutionized wrestling and took it to the next level. But uh, what an impact he had. And uh, I was just so appreciative and thankful. You know, this is not a phrase I'm sure you like for me to use, but I'm marking out. This was awesome. Thank you for having me, sir. Thank you, Conrad, man. I love you, buddy. Let's do it again next week, right here on Woo Nation.
5: I want to talk about some of the other heels profile in this series. Uh, one episodes about when Hogan turned and joined and formed really the NWO. Uh, I wasn't sure he wanted to do it, but boy, it worked out pretty good.
3: No, I absolutely did. Yeah.
5: Were you surprised he did it?
3: Um, no, I think it was time for a change for him. And, um, he'd kind of got to be, he'd run out of opponents. Um, you know, I mean, I could only wrestle him so many times. So, um, yeah, I think it worked out great for him, and I think that uh, he really enjoyed that run. I know that Kevin and Scott, man, well, I wish they would have just kept it to the three of them, which I, well, I like to walk one too. I wish it would have just kept it to the four of them. Right. But, you know, it, what, what when the three of them and the four were together, they were great.
5: I think the most sense the NWO ever made was those four guys plus Ted Dibiase as the as the manager, as the owner. It really did look like the invading army then.
3: Yeah, exactly.
5: Although you you mentioned last week when we talked about Scott Hall's passing. I mean Kevin Scott. I mean not knocking Hogan, but Kevin Scott. They got the most heat initially, and maybe the most heat period.
3: I think so too. I agree. w was the, the 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 frosting on top of the cake.
5: Uh. Let's say he stays babyface and feuds with the NWO uh, at that point. Or or maybe he turns back babyface later and feuds with the NWO. How would that have worked?
3: Well, I, think, I, I don't think it would have been fair to the NWO, to Scott and Kevin do, to be, because they, they wouldn't have beat Hulk as a babyface. That makes That's sense? That's right. That's it, right. It, it, would, it would have been the NWO. So uh, it was better off to keep them you know, healed. They were, they were really over his heels.
5: Now, here's one from Justice Beaver, which is a really clever Twitter handle. Uh, did Rick find it odd that he won the title but had to immediately clear the ring so the Sid Hogan feud could be spotlighted? Whose call was that? Uh, well, I'm not sure I saw it that way, but what do you think?
3: I didn't see it that way at all. I saw myself. As, you know, I've been retreating my whole life. If I would stood there in the ring, like, that would have made me like a baby face. I was glad to get out of there. That's, how I re- that's really how you do business the right way. Yeah. You just you get, get out of the way, let the next next piece of business roll on.
5: Well, and here's how I saw it, too. Uh, I saw it as, you know, like you said, letting the next piece of business come to the fore, which was Sid versus Hogan. Yep. Uh, you got in your thing with Randy and you co-evented WrestleMania. Yeah. But you immediately got in front of a camera and cut a memorable promo. It wasn't like Spotlight and Sid, Sid and Hogan dumped all over you. It yeah. just—it just was a reset for a couple seconds. Exactly.
3: Yeah, that's business. That's
5: were, business. You surp- were you surprised Sid and Hogan wasn't bigger? I mean, that was a a pretty natural matchup, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, but I think they were both at that point in time unhappy. Uh, I knew. I think Sid quit after that, didn't he? I'm not sure.
5: Not long after that.
3: I and, think and, so. And Hulk went from there to uh, make his show Thunder Paradise.
5: Right, right. Uh, won a couple Emmys, I think. Of course, I'm yeah. lying. Now, uh, <laughs> now, uh, what was your take on Sid? You know, I had a big backstage blow up with Sid in WCW over a misunderstanding about something I said. But I thought he was a good old boy. I liked him. I mean, I'm not sure he was great for business. I'm not sure yeah, he was I like cooperative. Him. I liked him. He didn't like me. Really? Why didn't he like you?
3: Because he thought I was too old to be in the business.
5: Well, I think time proved uh, that, that what happened no, was what should no, have happened.
3: At that time, I think the whole incident in Europe stemmed from the fact that Arne, I was in the room, sleeping, i got, I'd just gone to the room, and Iron and I, you know, and I, my credit to Arn every day, you know, Arne, he said something, and Arne said, hey, fuck off, you're talking about my friend. And they're, and then it, it went from there. I didn't see it. Like I said, I, people woke me up, and just, this this uh, incident went down. And now, I, funny i never, I've never even asked about it. So I did years ago, but I—just a horrible situation. But I think uh, that ar- ar- the reason it happened is because Iron stood up for me.
2: I'll be honest. Part of me always has wondered what it would have been like if Ric Flair was the one that joined the NWO up front. Wouldn't be all that surprising given his nature as a heel, but given his career up in New York and how quickly it came to a close, it might have made for a pretty interesting story. I think at the end of the day, it worked out just okay that Hogan was the third man and wrestling history ended up paving itself out. And if you want to be a part of wrestling history, I got to say it one more time. Rick Flair's match.com. Go get your tickets the Nashville Municipal Auditorium, July 31st, capping StarCast weekend. It is going to be a night that wrestling fans around the world are going to be talking about for many years to come. Rick believes he's got one more left in him, and given his track record, why would you doubt him? It's going to be uh, an exceptional night to be a part of. You want to be there in person for this. I promise you, I'm going to be there. Conrad's going to be there. And the biggest names in all of the industry are going to be there. com. Go get your tickets now. And we appreciate you tuning in for this mega here on To Be The Man. We hope to be back with you next week. Business as usual. Conrad, the nature boy. Woo! We'll see you then.
1: If you could change one thing about your home, what would it be? A new kitchen a new master bath maybe put in a pool what if you could do it with no money out of pocket and cheaper monthly payments save with conrad.com can help and you can even skip your next two house payments nmls number 65084 equal housing lender save with conrad.com